Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Monday, September 13th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Home Editorial Director Peter Serrata, and joining me on his podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer and Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Okay, Brad, let's uh, let's catch up on some news that has happened in the last few days. Uh, let's start with some Star Wars news. Uh, you know, Star Wars fans are they they love Knights of the Old Republic. This is an old video game, and last week it was announced that they are remaking this for the PlayStation Five. What do we know? I mean, that's pretty much it for now. I mean, uh, this was a huge game uh, that was released a long time ago. Uh, fans loved everything that this brought into Star Wars. Uh, it's it's an RPG that features a lot of exciting new characters. And so having it remade for the PlayStation 5 is a pretty exciting thing, especially since this isn't uh, like what they did with Episode One Racer and Republic Commando, where they just uh, remastered it for new consoles. This is a, a remake, so it's going to look incredible. Uh, they're remaking it from the ground up uh, for you know modern technology for the, the latest consoles. And it's going to be exclusive on the PlayStation 5 at first, but it'll eventually be available uh, on other platforms as well. So uh, this is pretty crazy. And I'm sure that there's one question every Star Wars fan has, Peter. What is it? Well, well before we get to the question, we, oh, okay. we should say what, what this this game is about. It takes place like way before everything, right? It's like the... Yeah, 4,000 years before the formation of the Galactic Empire when... Uh, the Jedi were basically in a, in a war with the Sith, as they pretty much always have. Been. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that question that you're alluding to, Brad, is now, you know, this this was something that was canon. And mm-hmm. then when Disney bought Star Wars, uh, all the stuff outside of the movies was made, quote unquote, legends. They're, they're legends. They're stories that are told around the galaxy. Are they true? We don't know. They're, they're true when they're made true. Do you know what I mean? Like right. <laughs> certain things uh, have come in, like Thrawn has come into canon mm-hmm. uh, through Rebels and the Return Marvel. of Boba Fett and things like that. Yeah. So the question is now that this is going to be remade under the Disney banner, does this make this legend story canon? 
no, Lucasfilm uh, has confirmed that this does not make Knights of the Old Republic canon again. It will still be regarded as Star Wars Legends. Uh, this was just something cool that they, they wanted to do, so they're moving forward with it. So unfortunately, yeah. D- Darth Malak and other things will not be part of Star Wars canon, at least not yet. I think for me, honestly, you know, I am not a person that played the game. I know you didn't play the game either because we're not RPG people, but I, I've heard so many great things about this game and the most surprising thing to me about this announcement is I really thought they were going to turn Knights of the Old Republic into a movie or a TV series. I mean, there's nothing that says that they still can't do that. You know, I mean, uh, you but know, they, do, do you usually like make like, you know, a TV show about something you're going to make into a movie or a video? I don't know. It feels like it's not in the immediate plans if they're doing that. Right. That's probably true. Especially since, but, but I mean, I don't know. At the same time, since it's still being considered Star Wars Legends, they could really just do whatever they wanted to and yeah. do a story that, you know, they're, they call Knights of the Old Republic, but, you know, veers off away from what the video game does. Okay, let's go from Star Wars to another side of the, the Disney universe, the Disney Plus universe, Hawkeye. Uh, this is the new show uh, from Marvel entertainment or marvel studios and this coming out later this year november the new trailer hit the web this morning so if you have not seen that i will link it in the show notes uh below but i wanted to go over our reactions and and brett also did a breakdown so we could go over through uh what what we saw and uh what we learned if we learned anything Uh, but yeah so go watch it now if you haven't seen it it is online it is uh you know i guess i'll start my reaction here it's it's pretty good i was um you know, I was a fan of the 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 Matt Fraction uh, Hawkeye comic book series. This is a little different um, than that, but it's taking some cues from that. And uh, I I think I didn't read much into this production because I didn't realize that this was going to be like a Christmas, such like a Christmas set thing. And I know Marvel did Christmas before with what Iron Man three was mm-hmm. kind of during Christmas. Um, it wasn't as Christmassy as, you know, normal Sheen Black things are. Uh, but I, you know, Christmas time is a, such a nostalgic, such a, a mood that I think we all relate to. So it's cool to see the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, have a big Christmas thing. Um, I don't know. It looked like a lot of fun. Brad, what did you think of the trailer? Yeah. I, I'm not necessarily the biggest Hawkeye fan. You know, he's not the, necessarily the most, uh, compelling character, except it, it does give him a little bit of a, a a boost that like he's probably the the character who's most involved with their family and has made a lot of big decisions in his life based on you know them. And uh, I think that introducing Kate Bishop is a nice way to maybe give Hawkeye a send off because since this is taking cues from that that uh, that comic series, uh, we're kind of seeing Hawkeye. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess showing showing his age a little bit because yeah. he's losing some of his hearing, which may or may not be because of something caused by one of his arrows or a gunshot or an explosion, depending on which way you want to go with it. And uh, it seems like he's just kind of getting too old for this shit. You know, there's a shot in this trailer where he's sitting in a chair in uh, either his apartment or Kate Bishop's apartment, and he's got these uh, frozen margarita bags uh, like all over his joints and stuff like that. And he puts one on his head. So he's, he's clearly not built for this much anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I love the Christmas setting too. It's, it's a nice change 
um, of aesthetic. And it, it, there is something about having it set, you know, during the holidays, it gives us this festive feeling uh, and allows for some, some different, some fun visuals and, and probably jokes and things like that too. Yeah. And, and it might be that like old guy, you know, he's too old for the shit in New York City during Christmas, but it, it kind of gives me like a, a diehard vibe a little bit. Well, Lethal Weapon too. Oh yeah. Lethal Weapon as well. Uh, yeah, I guess there's a lot of <laughs> those kind of movies. Yeah. Um, you did a breakdown of this trailer for Slashfilm.com. Uh, is there anything interesting that we might have missed? Um, probably not that you missed, really, because it's all pretty straightforward. This is this is mostly a tease. Uh, the only indication of plot is the idea that uh, Kate Bishop has been pretending to be Ronan, which was this vigilante alter ego that we saw uh, Clint Barton take on during after his family was dusted by Thanos and he became kind of this ruthless assassin taking down various crime lords and things like that in a fairly brutal way and uh, it looks like Kate Bishop has taken on that that mantle as a way of fighting crime but because Ronan created such a nasty reputation for himself that puts a big target on her back and it seems like he's trying to help her out and kind of takes her under his wing as like this uh, apprentice and he mentors her and uh and things like that. So that that's the biggest thing. Um, there's there's fun little details here, like uh, the introduction of Rogers the musical, which is <laughs> which I, I was not expecting this at all. And it's, it's these are the kind of fun little details that I really enjoy, um, where like it applies real life pop culture as to what it would be like if we had these superheroes existing in our world, and having a Broadway musical about Captain America feels feels like something that Broadway would probably do. <laughs> And it, it looks so spectacularly bad. Yeah, it looks so cheap. They have like a Chitari war. So I guess it's I guess it's going to tell the whole story. It'll probably tell Bucky and him. And yeah, the shot that we saw looked like it was probably an Avengers thing because it had uh, Hulk <laughs> and Iron Man and uh, Captain America. And Hulk is wearing like a green hoodie with green face paint, and then the Chitauri costumes look really <laughs> shoddily put together. So yeah, I, I'm I'm wondering if this is like an official Broadway production or maybe like an off Broadway thing <laughs> because it does not look that spectacular. Yeah, uh, the, the posters for it look look so authentic to Broadway. They're um, next to Avengers Campus and Disney California Adventure is this big theater called Hyperion Theater, which used to have the Aladdin show and then had a Frozen show. And some people have been speculating that they could, you know, the Avengers Campus could expand and then there could be a Marvel show there. Some people have been like, it could be this action stunt show, you know, Infinity War stunt show, which would be cool. But, you know, I want to see Rogers the musical. <laughs> they should. Maybe Disney Plus can turn it into like a, a production like Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please, Disney. Uh, yeah, maybe that's probably a bad idea. Uh, we, we also saw Pizza Dog. or I mean, uh, uh, Lucky the Pizza Dog. Uh, in in one shot there. Uh, oh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is like, what is up with these Disney Plus Marvel shows and Renaissance fairs? Yeah, this is the second time now. We had one in Loki, and now we're coming back to it. This this was actually a little detail that I did want to point out because we see the back of the the Ronin costume coming in, and a bunch of the Renaissance fair people there are cheering like, "Hey!" And I don't think that it's Clinton Barton in this costume because it would be weird if he suited up as Ronin again. I'm sure this is Kate Bishop. And her people are probably Renaissance Fair people, which is why she's been able to hone her archery skills so well. But it does look like Clint does. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. Yeah, and it does look like Clint joins her, though, because there is like a quick shot of him 
like seems like he's play fighting with the group who I'm sure they're excited to have an Avenger hanging out with them at a Renaissance fair. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, there's uh, the one uh, thing too uh, that we want to mention is that we get just one shot uh, of the new character Echo who is debuting in the series and is supposed to get her own Disney plus series as well. Wait, Echo's getting her own Disney plus series. Yeah. There's a spinoff apparently that they're working on with, with Echo. Oh, I totally missed that. So who is Echo for those people who don't know? So in the comics, uh, she kind of has a, um, the ability to like kind of like Taskmaster of the ability to like mimic other people's movements and stuff like that and uh, execute efficient fight and combat training. Um, she's the, uh, the adoptive daughter of Kingpin in the comics because Kingpin kills uh, her father, who is a fellow kind of criminal gangster. And as kind of um, he's kind of Kingpin's partner in crime for a while, but then he decides to, uh, you know, betray him as most king kingpins do. <laughs> and, but he does adhere to uh, one final wish that um, this guy had, which was for him to take care of his daughter. And so he takes this girl Maya Lopez under her under his wing and like sends her to school and stuff like that. And so she goes back and forth between being kind of like a hero and anti-hero, sometimes kind of a villain. And uh, the sh the one shot that we get of her here is just a close up of her face bathed in red light, which makes me feel like maybe when we meet her, she might be a little bit of an adversary for Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. But if she's getting her own Disney Plus series, likely uh, turning away from that, maybe becoming uh, more of the antihero rather than a straight up villain. But uh, what's unique about her is that she is a deaf character. And so I think that there might be something where Hawkeye like has a bond with her, something like that as he starts to lose his hearing and he knows that she, you know, doesn't have hers. So that's uh, something that could very well play into this series as well. Yeah. Uh, another thing that was, that came out last week was Marvel and Di well, Disney announced a whole slate of uh, release dates. They, they made some changes. They pushed some stuff back, but they also announced a bunch of Marvel release dates. So they announced, uh, all of them are untitled Marvel movies. So we don't know what they are, but there's one on February 16th, 2024, one on May 3rd, 2024, one on July 26th, 2024, and one on November 8th, 2024. And then uh, there are also slots for untitled Marvel movies in July, October, November 2023, uh, meaning that we have seven unspecified Marvel movies in the works. So I thought since I have you here, Brad, and you know we are the the, the Marvel guys on the the slash film team, I think. Uh, what I, I want to speculate with you, like, what could these release dates be? Uh, I mean, so far, actually, let's let's recap for a second. Uh, what we have, we have. Um, what's up next? The next title is Eternals in November. Oh, Spider Eternals! Yeah, Spider Man No Way Home in December. And then Doctor Strange in March. Mm -hmm. And then Thor, Love and Thunder in May of 2022. Mm -hmm. And then Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is set for July 2022. And then Captain Marvel sequel, The Marvels, will come out in November 2022. And then Ant-Man the Wasp, Quantumania in February 2023, followed mm -hmm. by Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in May of 2023 so we have all those on the calendar and then there's these seven dates so i wanted to speculate with you like what do you think these movies could be i think uh one of the surefire candidates is blade uh they've already announced it they've already hired a director for it and they have mahershala 
Ali signed on to star. Yeah. I can't imagine that that's not going to be part of the um, somewhere in the, in the mix for those for the release dates. Um, we also know there's a Fantastic Four movie coming. The, uh, they've announced that. We don't have any indication of necessarily when, uh, but since they did announce it at the Dis- big Disney investor thing uh, last year, you would think that that's something that's probably one of their Actually, movies. that was at Comic-Con, wasn't it? It was at the end of that reel. They had like the the four logo, but yeah. So, so I, I I feel like if they announce that, it's probably a good bet that they're trying to to lead up to that at, at some point. Um, Shang Chi is probably going to get a sequel. I was uh, going to say, Fan- Fantastic Four doesn't even have a director or creative team attached at this point. That's true, We're but t- but we are talking about you know being two three years away. You know, yeah. So, um, I'm just Sha- going to say, C- Captain America four. We know, you know, we have an actor. That's true, and uh, maybe a director. We've yeah. there's been, been rumblings about that. Um, that's also probably a safe bet. I, I, like I said, I think Shang Chi is probably going to get a sequel. That would likely happen pretty quickly. Um, maybe an Eternal sequel, since that's also debuting. Mm. Um, it Mar- kind of de- depends on how that shakes out, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say Marvel sequels usually happen every two to three years. So when you have the first film. Uh, you know, it has happened where it's two years later, like some of the Captain America movies and Iron Man movies have happened two years later, but traditionally it's like three years later. So well, keep in mind, we are in 2021 and some of the yeah. dates are for 2024. So it's not yeah. out the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um, well, one of the movies that happens every two years is Spider-Man. We've gotten a Spider-Man movie every two years, but I think Spider- this Spider-Man No Way Home might be the last of Peter Parker in the MCU. Well, at the very least right now, we know that it is the last uh, Spider-Man movie that is part of Marvel and Sony's agreement that they uh, renewed after having a bit of a, a tiff uh, a while back. And then Peter Parker is supposed to have um, another appearance in a, a different Marvel Cinematic Universe movie before that deal is up. So it depends on whether or not Marvel and Sony can come to a new agreement. Um, but I think Sony is hoping that they can execute their own plans for Spider-Man that would involve venom and all the other spider-man Ugh. characters that they have which yeah who knows do, um, do, do we know who usually announces those release dates for the spider-man movies is that is that disney or is that sony then it has I mean, it on I, there i think that they just it's usually a joint announcement since they're both co-producing mm. the movies it's like they don't have one or the other do the main announcements yeah but uh yeah otherwise you know um i think it's probably too soon for x-men i feel like that they want x-men to cool off a little bit and even though Kevin Feige has been said to already know how he wants to bring them into the MCU, that I feel like that's not going to happen immediately. If anything, I would bet that the first, like, um, maybe maybe we'll get, like, a, a new team-up kind of movie, whether it's uh, Young Avengers or New Avengers or Dark Avengers, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I feel like at some point we have to have a team-up movie here um, after we What, get what is the, the Woman's Avengers team? Is that... Was that called? Uh, isn't it just? It's something with an <laughs> A, isn't it? Yeah, it's like A Force. No, it's not A Force because there's X Force. Yeah, it is called A Force. Oh, okay. So I, I I was right. It was A Force. Wow. Yeah. So that could happen because there's been some talk of that, particularly amongst uh, the cast members. Um, but there's also the possibility of a Deadpool three, right? That, oh, that, that's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, they have talked about that Deadpool 3 is something that Marvel Studios wants to do. They're sticking with the, the R rating. So, yeah, that's that's actually a, probably a safe bet as well. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, we have some other stuff to talk about. Uh, let's let's talk about Marvel a little bit more. Let's talk about Shang, Shang-Chi, which uh, it seems like everybody is seeing. I'm, I'm actually surprised at how well this movie is doing in theaters. Uh, not because I'm surprised people would want to see this character. Uh, actually, no, I okay, I will say that. I am surprised that people will want to see this character because this is a character I feel like was not on anybody's radar outside of comic book fans uh you know w- w- when you have you know even ant-man people have heard of ant-man but i feel like shang chi was not a character but i think all the the deck was stacked against this movie it being a movie that you can only see in theaters um and you know <laughs> the uh, the pandemic is on the rise cases are on the rise it, it really felt like it was going to be a uh, take the hit where this could have been like a, a big uh, breakthrough kind of uh, uh, movie and it, it is really done really well so I'm I'm actually very happy about that and uh, uh, surprised are, are you surprised about that to an extent yeah like I mean this is a Marvel movie. So I figured people were going to turn out. This is also the first Marvel movie that was released in theaters that uh, didn't have the Disney Plus premiere access release alongside of it. So people had to go to theaters if they wanted to see it. I think it's a little more exciting than something like Black Widow because it's a brand new character. Uh, it has the um, the this going for it that it's this the first Asian superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to have a, have his own movie. It kind of opens up a new realm in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because of the fantastical elements that come into play here. And I think it's just, despite the fact that the pandemic is raging on, you know, there there have been people returning to movie theaters for some of these bigger blockbusters. And uh, so I, I was definitely glad to see that happen because I didn't want to see a movie like Shang-Chi take a hit like that and kind of just not have something to celebrate, you know, because this is, this is a very yeah. cool movie, first of all. And it's just, uh, it's you know, so, something that you want to see on the big screen. And so it's, it's good to see that even if it's not necessarily quite, as big as maybe this would have been if we didn't have, you know, COVID to deal with. Yeah, for sure. I, it would definitely have been bigger if, if we weren't during the middle of the pandemic, but I was just uh, so, uh, it was so, so happy that it did as well as it has been do- doing. Um, I wanted to talk about when does Shang, Shang-Chi take place in the MCU timeline? Because it is a little confusing. It doesn't, the movie opens up and it tells you it takes place, I think, what is the quote? Present day, I think, might be what says on screen. Yeah. Um, but what what does that mean? So uh, if you haven't seen Shang-Chi, I'm not sure if we're going to get into too many spoilers here, but uh, I would say maybe tune out until you've seen the movie because we're going to uh, get into when this takes place in the MCU timeline, which uh, Brad has written up for SlashFilm.com. So Brad... When does this take place? So what we have to go on here really is that obviously we're living in a post-Avengers endgame world. This is after the event that has uh, come to be called the blip, which is when uh, all the people that were snapped away by Thanos have come back after being gone for five years. Uh, It would seem that this is probably even after the events of Spider-Man Far From Home, if not either just a little bit before or maybe around the same time. Uh, because uh, in Spider-Man Far From Home, we know that we were eight months after the blip because it's mentioned in a school news report at Peter Parker's school. So we know time has passed, and maybe a little bit more time has passed even since then because we're getting the idea that people are kind of... Wait, how do we know that the blip, that this is post-blip? 
Well, because there are several indications aside from the fact that uh, Shang-Chi and his friends that uh, he has dinner with, with uh, Aquafina's character, Katie, and to, uh, another couple that they know, uh, they're talking about it. And the idea of oh, yeah. the snap is mentioned and, the, and people coming back. But aside from that, there's some interesting background elements uh, outside of Shang-Chi's apartment. There are a couple posters you see. Uh, one of them is ca- for a, a service called Blipsync, which looks like it might be some kind of dating service for people who were uh, <laughs> lost in the snap. It might even be something that like helps people catch up on things that maybe happened while they were gone, even though maybe not much happened. Like Five years is obviously a long time, but the world kind of seemed like it was in this weird, dark holding pattern, you know? Um, well, you, you, that's very interesting because you got to imagine a lot of people that got blipped away that they're significant others probably moved on at some point and probably got a new relationship and then they come uh, back. Yeah, maybe and it's it, a way of reconnecting them. Yeah. Yeah. So you have all these people, people that have been kind of displaced out of their relationships and stuff like that. And maybe they need, they're trying to find someone else, uh, uh, you know, yeah, that's second. a good, good, uh, good theory as well. Um, there's also another poster next to it that is for post blip anxiety. Uh, but the, these posters do look faded. So it seems like some time has, has passed, you know, uh, both Shang-Chi and Katie seem like they're back in their normal life routine, working as parking attendants, uh, doing valet. So it's it seems like, you know, life is starting to get back to normal after the these fantastical events. And so our, our best guess is that it takes place sometime around uh, the time of Spider-Man Far From Home, if not a little bit after. And uh, the timeline that we're given in this movie, too, as far as Shang-Chi's life is concerned, uh, really matches up with that and helps us narrow it down because... We, we see that his parents met in 1996, and we don't know necessarily when he was born after they, they met, but we are told that he ran away when he was 14. So let's say if he even if he was born uh, in you know 1996, if they met early in that year, or 1997, like uh, the year after they met, uh, uh, that still brings us to a window sometime between 2020 and 2025, which is... And, since we know that this takes place <laughs> after the end of Endgame, yeah. we know that it's somewhere between 2024 and 2025. So it's, um, I'm, I think that we might get a little bit more context for that once uh, Spider-Man No Way Home comes around, or maybe even Eternals before that. Um, but because the Eternals, you know, the blip is made to be this big trigger that um, brings the, the villains to, to Earth that the Eternals have to deal with. So... We'll I, I think it. I'm I think I'm just a little annoyed of how the consistency of how Marvel kind of addresses the timeline in these movies. Um, in, in that I, I know for a long time Kevin Feige has said that the Marvel movies, unless like you know said otherwise, if it says in the movie present day, then it, their present day matches up with our present day. So. Uh, for instance, I remember Guardians of Galaxy Volume 1 took place in uh, – when did that movie come out? 2014? 14. 14? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm way off. Uh, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 came out a few years later, and it had been that many years in between those two movies. Yeah. Now it's a little more complicated though because of the five-year gap between – Yeah, the jump and, forward. And so when they say yeah. present day, like to us present day – means something very different than present day in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I, yeah. I, I wish they would have like 
put some kind of date or I don't know. I know it's a minor nitpick, but it as sounds like, like they might at some point, but I feel like it helps them so that they don't have to commit to like a firm timeline so that they can fill in certain gaps if they need to, or if they want to have a, a story told in between movies because uh, um, producer Jonathan Schwartz was actually asked about this when Shang-Chi takes place in the Marvel timeline. And he said, I'm able to tell you, but I'm not able to tell you. He's like, I think we'll make it official one of these days. So Marvel knows <laughs> the timeline, but they're just not putting it out there, whether it's because they're trying to keep something secret or, like I said, they want to kind of give themselves some wiggle room as far as the canon timeline is concerned. You know, we'll we'll see if we ever actually find that out. That is very interesting. That. I think we'll make it official one of these days. That sounds to me – I mean it, both of those possibilities could be true, Brad. I think you're right. Like maybe they want the wiggle room of not having to commit to a specific uh, date and time or year even. But that sounds to me like it's a very deliberate choice not to say it because – in the fact that he says, I am not able to tell you. He, he he know basically he's saying I know when it takes place. Yeah. So th- that to me doesn't indicate wiggle room. That to me indicates that like he had, he knows exactly when this takes place. Well, not necessarily. Like he could easily know like the window in which it takes place. Yeah. But, but maybe they just don't want to say because of the yeah. wiggle room. Okay, fair enough. I, I can't think of any conspiracy theories of why they wouldn't tell us, other than the fact that it could take possibly take place before the blip, but or during the blip, but. As you said in in the movie, it is indicated that it takes place after the blip. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't see any reason to to be cagey about it. Is I guess I guess I guess the wiggle room is the only reason. So uh, yeah, okay. Anyways, that does it for today's Slash Film Daily. You can find more of all of our work at slashfilm.com. You can find this podcast in Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Uh, please send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. And please head on over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, write us a review, just a few words, helps us out so much. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.